Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is intended for a mature audience as it contains adult language and can get rather intimate. So grab a cocktail, find a safe place to listen, and make sure your kids aren't around. Hey, it's Garcelle Beauvais, and this is Going to Bed with Garcelle. Every episode, me and my rotating mix of girlfriends, some celebrities, some not, will be heating things up with provocative girl talk. Get ready. No topic is too taboo, and everything is grown and sexy. Tonight, I'm going to bed with sexologist, intimacy expert, and best-selling author, Shan Boudram. Hey, girl, what's up? And the other person I'm going to bed with is my friend, actress, model, fellow twin mom, and Dominican beauty, Danya Ramirez. Hey. Shan, first of all, congratulations on being pregnant. This is the part where I ask, what are you drinking tonight? So what non-alcoholic drink are you having? I am drinking coconut water straight from the jug here. Awesome. Danya, what is your drink of choice? I am drinking a, I call it a ghetto sangria because it's minus the fruit. (laughs) But a sangria nonetheless, which I find completely delicious. I love it. Sometimes the fruit gets in the way. Agreed. My drink of choice is a rosé tonight. Cheers, ladies. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Cheers. All right, we're going to get right into it. Is porn good for women? I find that I... Love to watch porn, but there's specific porns that I like. It has to be a threesome, two girls and a guy, um, and clean. Clean and pretty. It has to be lit well. People have to look good. <laughs> I think everything in moderation. I mean, I've been watching porn for a really long time. So I have, so I've gone through so many different phases of porn mm-hmm. in my time. Like I remember finding it when I was like 11 at my aunt's house when I was babysitting and being like completely captivated by it. Threesomes, two girls. I like, I really enjoy those. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I like it to be real. Like, I don't like the fake, oh, yeah, oh. It, sometimes it looks pretty, but right. I don't feel it. Shan, what is your <laughs> opinion about this? It is actually so fascinating because when I first entered into this space as an educator, you know, 10 years ago or so, the stats were that it was 85% male-dominated industry in terms of consumption. Makes and sense. now it's 40-60. Is it really? Yeah, there's a lot more femme-identifying people who are watching porn. And I, like you, Danya, I had this one VHS porn tape I found that my parents Not a VHS. It was a VHS, (laughs) and I watched that bad boy over and over again. But it was a really good porn when I think about it because it was about a husband and wife, but the husband took his wife to this spa to get pleasured. And so she got the gamut. She had a threesome. She had just a girl-on-girl experience. She had just a room with toys. Like, it was just for her pleasure experience. And then he just watched behind glass. They were terrible-looking people and very unappealing. But (laughs) the concept of it was really cool. And I agree that, like, 
now that I'm older, I find myself gravitating towards porn that I have to pay for just because the stuff that's free can really take me out of it. Yeah, I would think so. I like porn that's done by female directors and that you know to the point that you made, Danya, that it's not fake and phony and it's not through the, you know, the the male gaze where things are happening to the woman that I know for damn sure would not work on me and they're having fireworks and a party over there. Right. But do you feel like because porn is so accessible that guys are watching it all the time, does it make us have to up the ante in what we do? Because otherwise, if they're watching porn all the time and we're not doing those things, then does that become boring for them? I think it's a good thing to want to improve your sex life and to want to add new things into the mix. So much of past generations get into this rut of sexuality because you genuinely don't even know where to form new ideas. Like, how do you draw inspiration? So I think it can be healthy if it's a source of inspiration for things Mm -hmm. to try. I think Mm -hmm. it can be unhealthy if you're constantly, to your point, trying to up the ante and make every experience more porn-tastic than the last. Hashtag Portastic. I like like that that word. Tanya, I know you don't have to spice up anything because you and John, you are like, I mean, just watching your Instagram, I'm like, (laughs) shit, this girl is so sexual. I am a very sexual being, but I, I do have to say that I think because of it, I sometimes fight that to just wanting to have some kind of like normal sex experience where it feels really loving. I don't ever feel the pressure of having to compete with a porn. Mm. I feel like, um, go ahead. I'll be go to the next room. <laughs> if that's what you're into tonight and I'm right. not into it, go right ahead and let's work for me. <laughs> I Love feel it. like porn should like be exciting for both. You know, my husband's so interesting because at this point he's like, I now watch porn like depending on you. Like I'll try to find ah. people like you, you know, because he's into it. But again, like you said, Garcelle, it, it's hard to kind of keep up with that. Right. It has to be inspiring for me as well. You both are married. Danya, how long have you been married? Ten years. Wow. Ooh, yeah. That's a that's we just a thing, hit the right? ten year mark in June. And Shan, how long has it been for you now? Only a year and a half. Yeah. Oh, so I'm nice. new I'm new to this, not true to this yet, but it's been a blast. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> they say that sometimes it's really important for marriages to take a break and physically someone leave the house. And it's not giving you an out to cheat. It's just to sort of reevaluate. Would you ever do that, Donya, since you've been married, you know, the longest? You know, I feel like I have to be on a break sometimes just because I'm I'm away working. So I, I I personally don't think it's necessary, but I do think that it's that it's important. I think just having some time, some separation and just like some time to like just reevaluate like who am I now? Yeah. And how can I share the new me with this person? Because you're continuously evolving. Yeah. And so you can continue to find new things about each other and, and checking with each other, make sure that you're still on the same page. Well, you know what's funny for me? I feel like when I was married, that I even took some time where I'd go to a hotel for one night only because I felt like I needed that space to myself or I just wanted that time. But I feel like it can be healthy. I agree. Yeah. You know what? And Garcelle, you and I met on the Steve Harvey show where I was talking about being in an open relationship. And Mm -hmm. that is now my husband. And while we're not actively open at this time, the option Mm -hmm. will always be there. Really? And we do that in a way because you want to create that sense of separateness, the sense of excitement that I don't own my partner. I can never take them for granted in that way. And so 
There's something called the self-expansion theory in which we are highly motivated to get into relationships because we want to gain something new, whether it is new skills, a new partner, a new conquest, like it's expanding to a different version of yourself. And what happens when we're together, we tend to meld and there's nothing new to really jump or expand to. So I don't think you have to necessarily uh, act out self-expansion by like expanding to a new partner. It could just be that your partner goes and takes salsa lessons once a week outside of you, goes and learns new skills outside of you. They just have to have some type of separateness from you so that you can always learn and gain new things from each other. I think if you do that, the breaks aren't necessarily uh, as mandatory. I heard everything you said, but my takeaway is the open marriage part. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fascinated by I want to be the girl that says, oh, yeah, let's do it. I'm so cool. I'm so down. But when it comes down to it, I'd be like, oh, hell no. You can't do that. We can't do that. How do you do that? I've been married for 10 years. So I think me and my husband have done absolutely everything. But I think it's about like really, you know, when we have decided to like expand our experience outside of each other, it's been with a mutual person that we both actually have an understanding of like, I want to try this with this particular person. And then gone there and then then figured out like, I really love you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of done there. (laughs) So is that in a threesome setting or is that separate? Individually. Not just a threesome, which is just like threesome in bed, like a threesome of having an actual experience Uh that we've both both then as, co- as, a, as a individuals have been excited about and then come and share like, oh my God, I'm doing this. And you know what I mean? Like have a, a completely different take on that particular relationship. And I thought that was a, it's a, it was an interesting way to evolve. But now we have a whole other thing that we've gone through that now we're sharing with each other. And now we see each other as two different people because we've loved other people just completely different from loving each other. Shan, how do you do it? Yeah, I think it's just, one, it's being really honest about yourself and two, being honest about your partner. So when me, even and my husband, first got into an open relationship as daters, we were both acknowledging in addition to the fact that we were very flirty people. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I talk about sex and dating for a living. When I do stage shows, when I do presentations, a big part of the work that I do is creating sexual energy, whether it's with an audience or with one person. And so... That's a part of me that never wanted to be squashed by a relationship or for that person to look at that as a threat to them. Mm. But I don't necessarily derive a lot of pleasure from multiple sexual partners. And similarly, my my partner, my husband now, he just never wanted the, I have to check your phone. I am responsible right. for you. You know, you can't flirt if we're out in public and you find someone's attractive. That's an offense to me. And it wasn't necessarily uh, sexual conquest that was like at the forefront of his mind when he thought about open. So I think that there's always nuances to that because I don't know if I could do an open relationship per se with somebody who had a super high sex drive for a lot of new sexual partners. Mm. Um, my version of open is more like I went through a period of time where there was somebody from my past. I was just going to dinner with a lot. I was flirting with, I may have made out with, but I knew where to draw the line. And I made that my decision. It was never because my partner said, you can't go any further. And I think it's really hot when my husband is desired by others. I find it like- I find that too. I find that really beautiful too. Is it inappropriate to have sex dreams about other people? Shit, if it is, call me yeah. inappropriate. I think everybody's inappropriate. Call me inappropriate. No. I'm like, I can't I can't control my dreams. No. But I find it sort of erotic. Like if you can have a dream about someone else, yes. even though there's somebody in your bed, I think there's something about it. But does that mean that you're not 
as sexually attracted to the person next to you or it's just your imagination going wild? Do you find it different from porn, Garcelle? I do in a way. Only because that person may be somebody from my past. It may be somebody that I know. So it puts a different spin on it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. For me, when it comes to dreams, it all depends on what you think dreams are. You know, I do think that that we are souls that have been here and have, have had other pasts and living somehow different dimensions. And if you think of dreams as that, then essentially everything within your dream, the way I see it, is something that's happening in your life. It just takes a different form. But I mean, I believe that dreams obviously have some kind of effect on your your psyche. So is it inappropriate to have sex dreams or no? I mean, I, during my first trimester of pregnancy, my sex drive was on zero. There's this thing called HSDD, which is hypoactive sexual desire disorder, which is the opposite in many ways of sex addiction. And I wow. genuinely felt like I had that. Like I didn't even want the wind to blow on my genitals. I had no <laughs> interest whatsoever, but I had so many sex dreams. So has your sex drive changed? Yes, it, it definitely came back. Yes. You got it back. I'm going to clap. Thank you, I can God. say that I, I, I'm at that point now where I have to be pushed into different positions by my partner, which mm. isn't that sexy. You know, like they have to like use like the sheet to like roll me over. <laughs> but definitely I'm back in the space now where I'm enjoying it again. Good. I, I don't personally think there's anything wrong with the dream of other people. Because honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with even fantasizing while you're having sex. With You know what I mean? Yes. And, and even Agreed. talking about it out loud. I, I do it but all the time. But not every guy's okay with that. I was with a guy and he was so offended that I was like, would you like to see me with another guy? But just as a turn on, it wasn't like yeah. I was ready to act on it. Oh my God. It was like the Be worst thing out. I could have ever said. And that to me was like, well, then you're not the guy for me because I like the whole role playing. Yeah. Well, that could be a conversation before, though, too, just to warn somebody. I think that's the thing, too. I'd asked my husband once. Should like, you have a conversation before? I think it's just to get somebody open to the idea and then to make the intentions clear that I'd never want to. But the fantasy of it really turns me on. The fantasy mm. of you and another woman. I asked my husband once when I was giving him oral, I was like, tell me about the hottest oral that you've gotten aside from me and describe it in detail. And he gave me the driest explanation. <laughs> it was so, and I was just like, I'm trying to get into it too. I'm trying to get off by trying to get you off. Was he afraid? He thought that it was a trap that I was like right. going to take that and use it. And he was just like, oh, from previous relationships, I've had people who do that. Yeah. I didn't want to turn you off. And then, so if I would have just discussed with him, you know, a little bit before how much I think it's hot that he's had this other sex life and other sexual experiences. Mm. I like fantasizing about my partner with other people while I'm having sex with them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's great. My husband's very much like that. I could do it. I, I just, sometimes I get tired of talking. Yeah. <laughs> Shan, you're an intimacy expert. When did you know you wanted to do that? Have you always been sexual? Yeah, I really genuinely think, you know how some kids just have a natural aficionado to the piano or yeah, to the well, arts? Yeah, this is different than a piano. I feel like I had that a as a young age. I genuinely feel like at the age of five, I had so much sex positivity, body positivity. I was really? fascinated by nakedness. Yeah, I think by the age of seven, my Barbies were banned from being naked. Because they never had clothes on at the grocery store. If they were in the <laughs> pool, they never had clothes on. And I remember vividly my first sexual experience at like five or six and it was with myself and my friend. Uh, we were at a sleepover and it was us with pillows. But naturally, my parents found out that part of me and were really freaked out by it. Of course. And so it was really squished down and it was really discouraged. And I went to a Catholic school. And oh what ends up happening is those feelings don't go away, but your values around them do change or your impression mm. of those feelings change. 
So as I got older and then horniness came into the picture where now hormonally I was being driven, I just knew that it was something I wasn't supposed to express in public. So I did it in private, hence the VHS porn I watched all the time. Uh, I masturbated with many a carrots at year 14 or so. And not with a carrot. I will never look at a carrot in the Many same carrots. Way. <laughs> <laughs> many a produce um, that didn't end up in soups the next day. My mom was always confused. Uh, so I think that... <laughs> Where the that, carrots go? <laughs> the carrot, exactly. That natural mm-hmm. interest that I had, because it was so discouraged... I found all of these unhealthy ways and outlets Mm. to exercise them in. And then I looked to things like porn, fiction movies, fiction novels as education. Then when I turned 19, I realized I had so many negative sexual experiences, no orgasms, no positive intimate connections, Mm. very low self-esteem. And then it occurred to me that either my family and everybody was right, this is a very evil part of life that you should not address, or that my interactions with it had been negative because I had no information. Right. So I took it upon myself to educate myself. And I spent an entire summer in a library. And I came out being like, wow, sex education is incredible, but it's so fucking boring. Yeah. It's <laughs> bad sex, right? It's yeah. faceless. It's statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like language you can't read or get into. So I just made it my mission to make sex ed sexy and accessible and I'm 35 years old now, so it's been a very fascinating, interesting journey and um, lots of ups and downs, but I've loved every minute of it. It could have gone another way for you. Do you know what I mean? You could have squashed it, didn't know your sexuality and never acted upon it and we would all miss out. Right. Yeah. Wow. What I was wondering is you said you so at the age of five, you already knew that you had this attraction to sex and you're 35. You just got pregnant. Right. Ah. Exactly. IUD, the IUD is a miracle. I am so proud of you. Go ahead, girl. (laughs) When did you know you were sexual, Tanya? I was always sexual. Uh I was always trying to find something or something. I had tingles going through my body very at a very young age. But I'm born in Dominican Republic, and if you know the island, I think it's a very sexualized, you know, absolutely um, the music, the food. Exactly. You grow up, even as a, as a girl, like the minute you, you have your period, it's like you could be a wife to somebody. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have, a lot of the people in the Dominican Republic are also very religious. So it also ha- had a very negative stigma That's to go along with it. Hating, so yeah. I had to, like you, you know, find out all this stuff kind of like on my own. But I, yeah, I felt very sexual at a very young age. I was... 12, I think, when I first had a, my, my first boyfriend was like 17. Like I was just because I was like wanted to, you know, I just felt myself just being completely older in so many ways. Shan, were men intimidated because you knew so much about sex? You know what? I think that it was a great thing if a man was intimidated because it just disqualified them from being someone that I would want to be sexual with. Okay, I definitely girl. agree. You know, it's interesting whenever I tell Women, what I do for a living, they have questions, they have curiosities, and men want to give me a lecture about how great they are in the bedroom. Like they're immediately, I think, feel threatened in a way as if I'm saying to them, I could fuck your girlfriend better than you, which I'm not saying that. But you probably could. Probably could, but hey, (laughs) you know what I mean? Who's keeping score? Let's talk about vabbing. Please explain in detail. So you dab your vaginal juice as perfume. Oh, wow. I mean, I definitely <laughs> taste it. I like it. I mean, I don't walk around with smelling like my own vagina, but I guess if I smelled it on somebody else, I might be into it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you think about it, Garcelle? You know, I think it's fascinating. I know Erica Badu came out with a perfume 
I've been with a guy who liked having my smell on his beard. He wouldn't want to wash or shower yeah. because he liked that smell. So I guess in a way, I think that could be kind of interesting. It's for the woman to wear to attract the man. Right. So Got should it. I be doing that so I can get my next guy? <laughs> should it be behind my ears and around my neck? Oh Do you know what's really God. fascinating, Garcelle, is like what? I am uh, like pseudo known as the vabbing queen because oh. in my book that I put out last year, we had an experiment mm -hmm. where we went out, we went to Soho House and we vabbed. We spent half the night without vabbing and then half the night with vabbing to compare and? what the difference was. Honestly, the, the truth of the matter, the scientific truth is, is that in order to smell pheromones, if you see dogs at a park, yeah. they sniff each other's asses. You got to be yes. really close in order to get the effects of pheromones. And so right. to think that you're going to put it here and here and it's going to waft over to the person 20 feet yeah. away, especially when there's so many competing scents, is unrealistic. Right. What I think it does do, though, is it gives you that boost of confidence um, it gives you that oh, juice. And then it also makes you more inclined to want to get close to people of your choosing because you want them to smell. And so I've had some pretty crazy experiences with it where I have literally been at a club and every single person like stopped me to be like, there is something about you. Like you are intoxicating. Ooh, girl, I'm doing it to go to the, uh, the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, in your marriages, both of you, dating and marriage, how has sex changed for you? Oh, so exciting. Really? More exciting now or then when it was new? You know, and the, the thing is, if you if you start off with great sex yeah. and then you, your relationship gets deeper, mm -hmm. the sex can only get better. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that you don't have your moments where you're like, okay, I'm off sex right now. Like I need, right. a, you know what I mean? Like I just, for some reason, I know as a woman and, and in being married, like I've had my moments where I'm like, I don't know, I'm just not into it at this point. And I go yeah. through my stages, but then something else happens and then you're like back on it. And it's just like, you know what I mean? More mind blowing as you keep going because you get more comfortable. Mm. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because myself and my partner started out as friends with benefits. So the whole point of our relationship was fucking. That was the goal. We would get together and that's what we were doing. And all your energy is really focused on how do we make this as hot as possible. So I would have a projector going. I would freeze apples beforehand. I would have props. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's up with the apples? It's just something to like lick and suck on so that it's temperature play. So rather than an ice oh cube that melts. Oh my God, first the carrots, yeah. now the apple. I, yeah. I gotta go, the, I gotta go shopping. A really Jesus. frozen Jolly Rancher does, oh. it's great. Oh. That sounds really hot. Yeah. It's hot, it's sweet and delicious. <laughs> yes, and then it, it doesn't get all like sloppy. It and doesn't get all and sloppy. And as long as they don't put it on you, because that's a yeast infection waiting to happen. Oh, damn. All day long, for sure. But I think that when you get married, you now sex is a part of like the continuation of all the mm -hmm. things that you do together. And so it's an extension rather than its own event. And so it's good in some ways because there's more humor, there's more levity, there is more intimacy. Mm. But in terms of it being like the focal point of what we've come together to do exceptionally, I feel like there's like, I think vacation sex gives us that again, where yeah. we know we're on a trip and we're like, right. we're here Relax. to have great sex. Exactly. Yeah. But Tuesday sex, yeah. it doesn't compare. <laughs> Not Tuesday sex. <laughs> What's your favorite toys, ladies? Mine's a vibrator. I personally like the Omi bot. It's small enough. You can put it in there. And then it's really gives, gives you a really good sensation. And he controls it. He can he controls it. And then it's also controlled by music. So you can also open Ooh. it up to like Ooh. if you're out dancing, you it picks up beats. 
So they actually okay, can they made get it... lost in your vagina. Can it get lost? No, no. it doesn't get lost. Okay. Nothing, nothing can pass through your cervix. <laughs> your cervix is the size <laughs> of like a needle hole. It's okay. not that small. <laughs> your booty, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, okay, we're not even going to touch the booty sham. Okay. We're not even going there. <laughs> Many things can get lost in the booty. <laughs> How about intimacy without sex? I think sometimes just the anticipation of what could happen is even sexier than actually having sex. Am I, I the only one? Yeah. No, I think you're so right. And I think that also too, intimacy without sex, I think makes sex more special. Because when every time that you kiss or make out, it always leads to sex and mm -hmm. both things become a given. It's nice when they have independent relationships of each other. And so sometimes sex is like an unexpected surprise or a result of. And sometimes it's just now we get to feel more relaxed and go and watch a movie together. So I think it's really important not to necessarily marry intimacy and sex, but make them have mutually exclusive relationships yeah. that sometimes get together. Yeah. Where's the craziest place you've had sex, Danya? I've had sex so many places. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of almost getting caught. Well, Garcelle, you're an exhibitionist. So where's your place been then? I've done it on the beach. I've done it on an airplane. I think places where it's like, <gasps> it's just exciting, you know? Yeah. How about you, Shan? Maybe the best, to be honest, has been in my childhood bathroom. My parents installed this removable oh. shower head, which they actually removed very recently and which made me like, because it's so nostalgic for me. It just yeah. gave me the best orgasms. But we had sex in my that shower with that shower head. It was like combining the two loves of my life together. Uh, that was probably oh, the most Ecstasy. incredible place. That sounds amazing. A shower head and a proper and situation. Man? And right, that specific exactly. shower head. That shower head has been with me since I was probably like 12 years old. Wow. Um, oh my God. You should have taken should it have. and bronzed it. <laughs> I would have had to admit to them though that that's why oh. I was taking very long showers for <laughs> Never mind. my entire teens. <laughs> oh, Never mind. Is there things you won't do? And is that something you talk about prior to? Like, would you anal? I won't do that. I, I have and I don't like it. Like, I'm just one of those people that doesn't like yeah. it. And But I've also have really, like, I've had experiences with pretty big penises. And it just, it just, oh. I, I'm like, oh my God, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just painful. Do you want a big penis? Do we want a big girth? I don't. I don't. I don't like pain and sex. But I like a good enough size. I've had like really too small that I'm just like, where are you? You know, <laughs> let me know when you're in. And he's like, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, put your face in it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's exactly. laughs> We're going to go into a little nightcap. Um, have you heard of Yanni Puja? Yes. Please tell us what it is since, you know, you're an expert, Chan. It's a practice where you worship the yoni. So the yoni is like another word for the vulva, the vagina, whatever your preferred pussy, whatever your word is. And puja is, so it's like a ceremony in which you or other people as well too, just worship it. And that could be the worship can result in sex or it could just be almost like a museum where everyone just looks in awe and is like, wow. And also part of that ritual is saying something beautiful to your vagina to honor it. So Shan, what would you say to yours? Oh Your my vagina. gosh, Yoni right now, like yeah. she, you're popping. She's yeah. so wet. It's crazy. Like it's <laughs> it's so wet and so much blood flow and really pretty. I am a little pissed that I spent all this money on laser hair removal and pregnancy has completely reversed that. <laughs> oh, no. Completely oh, no. reversed oh, all no. of my efforts. But I would just say like, stick around. 
I like pregnancy <laughs> pussy. Stick around, please. Ooh, all right, all right. Nice. Tanya, what would you say to yours? Um, <laughs> I would just vibe, send all kinds of vibrations towards it. And by the way, how cool to have an entire set of people just glorifying your vagina, just okay. owning it. I know. That would be really fucking exciting. I feel like all those vibrations, my chakras all would turn on all different kinds of colors, right? I love that you said, oh, I think what I would say to mine is that you are special and you are loved. Yes. <laughs> No, I need to love it as much as other people love it. <laughs> you want to got you got to have get to that place where you want it on your face all day long, where you don't want to wash it off. I don't know about all that. <laughs> Ladies, this is my favorite part of the podcast where you get to highlight someone that's done something inspired you, made you laugh, made you feel special. So, Danya, who do you want to go to bed with tonight? I want to go to bed with COVID. COVID-19, oh. and Just make it my bitch. Really? I would be like, yes, you're going to listen. Not my bitch. And you're going to go away as soon as we're done, okay? Okay. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like COVID needs a little, little whip on his ass. <laughs> right. Shan, who do you want to go to bed with? I'm going to pick my friend Amber's Closet. She is a LGBTQ plus activist. She's also very heavily involved in politics in the Black Lives Matter movement. She has been working nonstop. She is constantly out of campaign. She just recently did an interview with Cory Booker. I think that she needs some good love and she'll be working really hard. So I'm going to take Amber to bed and I'm going to give her the loving that she deserves. I Aww, love that. Sweet. I love that's that. Sweet. Okay. The person I'm going to bed with is Beyonce. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you, I win. Mean, you win. <laughs> I want to go to bed with Beyonce. Not only was her blackest king visually stunning, but I feel like she has managed to address oppression, gentrification, social justice, while looking fabulous in designer clothes. So hats off to Beyonce. I'd love to go to bed with her. Bootylicious Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> you went last because you knew that you had the winning answer. Guys. So let's see what happened. <laughs> you know what? You can both come to my bed. Yes. Oh, we yes. would love to come to your bed. Are you kidding? <laughs> Danya, tell everybody where we can find you. Right now you can find me on Tell Me A Story at the CW. It's airing season one of Tell Me A Story. And I am going to be on Netflix. I'm not sure what the release date is yet, but the show is called Sweet Tooth and produced by Robert Downey Jr. And you guys can find me at Dania J. Ramirez on my Instagram, being completely bootylicious there. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. So awesome. Shan, where can we follow you and find you? I have a daily show on Quibi, which is the new short form platform called Sexology with Shan Boudram. Every day we tackle a different topic to do with sex, love, and relationships. So much of what we talked about today, I think would be perfect for episodes. So thank you for inspiring me as you always do, Garcelle. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You guys, so beautiful. I so appreciate that we can be honest, we can support one another and love one another and talk about our vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe to my podcast so you don't miss this grown and sexy conversation. The After Party continues on my Instagram at Garcelle or on Twitter at Garcelle B. So make sure to follow me. Going to Bed with Garcelle is an Orion podcast produced by Orion Television, Radio Point, and Beauvais Wilson Productions. Distributed by Podcast Nation. Concept by Garcelle Beauvais and Lisa L. Wilson. Hosted by Garcelle Beauvais, executive producers, Barry Posnick, Garcelle Beauvais, Lisa L. Wilson, Alex Bach, Richard Corson, and Daniel Powell. Co-executive producers, Janae Copeland and Cindy Levinson. 
Associate producer, Lene Sanders. Music is from Extreme Music. This show was edited and mixed by Radio Point. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.